0: Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, looking absolutely stunning in her, I think, birthday jacket from last year. Maybe that was your anniversary jacket that I got you. It looks it's awesome <laughs> on you.
1: Thank you. It's and you It's too bad look great. they can't see the back of it. The back is where the pizzazz.
0: you got a camera you can turn around and show. I don't know that that made it on there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell. We'll know when we watch it in playback.
1: It's got like racing stripes down the back. It it really
0: does. And it makes you very, very fast. That jacket makes you very fast because of the racing stripes. I like it. The Session with Londa and David is a program that's brought to you each and every week by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. And if you don't know what that means, let me tell you now. If you're looking to grow your income and success, Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants can help you find your sweet spot. Whether you're hoping to increase sales, grow your team, get your bottom line back in shape, you owe it to yourself to reach out to Londa. At 509-491-2663. That number again for Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants, 509-491-2663. With over 40 years of combined sales training, coaching, and management success, Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants is the right team to call. That number again, 509-491-2663. Or text Londa today at 509-491-2663. It's a great time to be in business. Why not be in business with us?
1: Well, yeah, that's a great question. I like that. Why not? Why not?
0: There you go. I'm stealing
1: your coffee. That's
0: fine. Home Coffee is another sponsor of the program. Home Coffee. It's easy to make. Probably you have a machine at home. Or if you're like our son, David, you have a pour-over opportunity at home. Make Home Coffee and enjoy it.
1: I think David has about eighteen different ways to make coffee.
0: He does. He has a thing called a chemex, which sounds to me like something you get from a chemistry lab. I don't really know what it is. I don't know. He's got
1: a bunch of different ways. I don't know. I don't understand it, but the kid makes great coffee. He
0: really does make great coffee. And he's a barista professionally at Starbucks. Yes. So there you have it, and there it is. As is Ada.
1: And Julian.
0: And Julian, but he's at Dutch Bros. Not to be mistaken with Dutch Brothers. Dutch Bros.
1: Caitlin was in coffee. Caitlin
0: was a Starbucks barista. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Andrea was a barista. Josiah was a barista. James was a barista. Ada, David. It's a, I, Apparently, it's a great place Weren't to... Weren't
0: you a barista
1: for a short time? Ooh. Way, way back in the day. In the very beginning, when there was... One Starbucks store,
0: and I used to make the coffee at the radio station at night. And
1: I didn't work at Starbucks, (laughs) just to be clear. Uh, Nordstrom, if anybody else remembers, Mm -hmm. Nordstrom had these um, carts out in front of their stores that were mobile espresso carts, and I worked at one of those. And then I, I was in management in that division for a while, and
0: and that was in the nineteen hundreds.
1: That was yes, it was
0: pre two thousands. Yeah. It was in a different century. Late
1: 80s, early 90s. There
0: you go. I got to tell you, thinking about you in the 80s and early 90s is crazy oh to gosh. me. Because picture you, just like you are now, but 19.
1: Is there a way on the YouTube uh, uh, video to cut in a photo of... right now?
0: Well, I can tell you this. (laughs) Yes, there is a way. Do you know how? I do not have any Uh, idea how to do that. What I just do with this show when we put it on YouTube, it's really a cool deal is I just play the different camera angles and switch between the two. And I do it manually. So there's no robot doing that. When we do a 40 minute show for 40 minutes, (laughs) I have to watch it from the different camera angles and switch it back and forth. Just like we're in a a TV switching studio, just right. like we're at the TV station. It's really, really interesting, but very rudimentary. Right. I don't do all kinds of cool I bet digital James effects. James could tell
1: us. James is a video producer and he could probably tell us how to cut in a picture of,
0: well, it, there's me at
1: 19. Well,
0: it's really easy to do. If you understand the software, <laughs> I don't understand. Everything's the software. easy to
1: do. If you understand it.
0: Absolutely. We have so many resources locally to help us with this stuff. Because I know all the radio people and all the TV people.
1: Right, right.
0: I am not calling any of them. We just do it the way we do it. And we get it on the air every single Monday. Right. And that's, you know, that's good enough for me. Now, if somebody wants to buy this as a program for their radio station and or television station, we will then let them worry about the production value. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you have it. Okay.
1: Well, thank you very much for that.
0: Okay. So it's a new week. We got done doing, last week, our viewer question answer. Last and week was answer. super
1: fun, but also a little hard, you know? I mean, people don't ask easy questions.
0: They don't. And we got one about transgender teens, which is definitely off topic in the business mm-hmm. podcast. However, it affects we business. Did, we did. It affects business. We
1: did speak about it, yeah.
0: People's personal identification is something that is going to be part of the landscape. And whether you like it or understand it or not, and I'm the first to say, I don't understand it, I don't get it, it's going to impact the landscape and the conversation moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, It's just like when I was in conservative news talk radio in the 90s and one of our talk show hosts said to me, hey, David, what do you think about gay marriage? While it's not something that was part of my sphere of thought, I grew up in a very liberal household. You know what I mean? So I had to discuss that then. And, you know, it's it's not always something you want to talk about or prefer to talk about, but that's going to be part of the business landscape. And that's all I have to say about that particular question.
1: Okay. We got a lot
0: of questions last week.
1: We did. We got a ton. And, and uh, I think what we've decided to do is... Um a question of the week. I don't know when you want to do that the top of the show, the bottom of the show. I, I don't know. how.
0: When do you want to do it? I don't know. I don't know if you know this. This is uh, the session with Landa and David. So you get to have all the opinions you want to have. If you want to do it at the front of the show, we'll do it. If you want to do it at the end of the show, we'll do it.
1: Uh, I don't know. End of the show, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, then we'll wait till the end of the show to do Stay it. Stay
1: tuned for the question of the Stay week.
0: Stay tuned, everybody. From our yeah. listeners. hi Hey. <laughs> Okay, what do you want to talk about today? I'm very excited about this week. You're making faces like you don't prepare this show. I know for a fact you prepare for this show. I know you...
1: We 100% did not prepare a single thing for this show.
0: Well, that's not true at all.
1: Except the question of the week.
0: And we have it. So we're going to save that until the end, which, you know, if we did it at the beginning may spark more conversation, but that's okay. (laughs) We'll wait till the end and, and we'll do it. So what do you want to talk about this week?
1: Okay, so here's something we were recently talking about, and maybe we can we can discuss it here, and it might help somebody. Um, I was looking at... I was see, uh, reading some information about the increasing cost of restaurant supplies. Ooh, yes. Limes. A case of limes went from $12 to $89, or $144, or something like that. Hot sauce went from $0.90 cents a bottle to $8.80 a bottle. And, Crazy. And... And so, my question to you was, how, how, what do people do? How do they survive? I'm the one who I get paid to help people answer those questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I looked at you and said, if somebody asked me that right now, I don't know what I'd say, except to say, you've got to increase your prices. Yes. And let the chips fall where they may. And you, your service. And you're in a restaurant specifically, your service and your food better be impeccable.
0: I fully agree with that. And, you know, it's a simple way to look at this is when the cost of lumber jumped. 80% mm-hmm. in like a week when Canada had supply chain issues and we couldn't get Canadian pine. And so the cost of lumber was ridiculously higher everywhere. Mm-hmm. What did builders do? I'll tell you exactly what they did. They passed it on to the customers. They can't afford right. to pay 80% more without charging the customer more. Right. Right. It's it's It literally is... Basic economics. Right. So, yeah, if the supply chain issues are making hot sauce go from 89 cents to eight bucks, there's got to be a way to charge for that. Or advertise, bring your own condiments.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing about the limes, they were saying, you know, it went from this to this. And we don't even charge for limes.
0: Right. But they do. They charge well, it in their wrapped, overall prices, It's right? wrapped
1: into the thing. But we were talking about that. You've got an increase in cost of goods and in many places an increase in their cost of employment. Right. Because their employees are, are demanding or the state is demanding or whatever. Uh, higher wages. Yes. Employees are... Mm. also just in the things i've been reading demanding more benefits sure better work environments mm-hmm. all those kind of and things and they can
0: as a result they of covid and yes, the great resignation which can, we've talked about
1: they should i think it's great but how do you pay for it as a business owner
0: It's simple. You have
1: to pass your costs on to the consumer. That's
0: exactly right. And you know, we talk about inflation and usually when the news media is talking about inflation, they're quoting the Fed and how the Fed wants to slow the rate of inflation by raising the Fed fund rate. I don't think the general populace is in touch with An understanding of what's really going on when they're having that conversation. I
1: am the general populace and I don't get it. And you talk about it every single day and I still don't understand it.
0: Well, it's part of my business as a mortgage loan officer, right? I watch the markets every single day because Mm -hmm. mortgage-backed securities dictate home loan interest rates. Okay, I'm
1: going to stop you right there. Yes. What is a mortgage-backed security for the people who don't understand that That's term? a
0: great question, and I'll refer back to um, The Big Short. The movie The Big Short really explains it well. And the simple fact is, lenders, for the most part, sell their mortgages on the secondary market to the major servicers. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the big ones that guarantee loans, right? Now, I just
1: want to say to our listeners, stick with us, because we're going to tie all this together as to why everything's costing you more right now.
0: Absolutely. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are who buy these groups of mortgages. Okay as mortgage-backed securities. So when you're buying mortgage-backed securities, let's say you buy a 3.5% Fannie Mae mortgage-backed security. It's something you can buy on the commodities exchange, right? It's a commodity, a mortgage-backed security, right? The reason it's a 3.5% mortgage-backed security is not because the interest rate's 3.5%. That is the yield if the mortgage-backed security... Uh, matures the way it's supposed to before you sell it. Okay. So you hold on to it for a certain amount of time. When you sell it, you get a guaranteed 3.5%, right? Okay. Those sales immediately impact home loan rates. So if I'm looking at the Fannie Mae mortgage-backed security and I see they lost 25 basis points that day, essentially what that means is to achieve the exact same interest rate that you were getting the day before, It now costs a quarter to achieve that rate. So that's how it impacts rates. A quarter? Yes, a quarter of a percent.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Yeah, 25 basis points is a quarter of a percent. Thank you. A lot of lenders used to charge 1% origination before uh, things changed in the banking landscape. Mm -hmm. Everybody paid 1% origination. And if you wanted to have a lower interest rate, then you paid a discount point to buy down your rate. Now, lenders typically don't charge 1% origination, so the landscape has changed. But the cost to get your rate is still there, and it's built into the rate. So we used to charge 1% origination, and you got a lower lower interest rate. Now we charge zero origination, but the interest rate's slightly higher.
1: Okay, but I still don't understand how mortgage-backed securities affect why my dinner that used to cost me $10 now costs $16. Or why my groceries that used to cost me 150 now cost 250
0: Well, they're all interrelated, right? So as the cost of doing business goes up, the expense goes up. It has to. It's simple math. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people talking about needing a livable wage to work at McDonald's, a livable wage, livable wage, right? The minimum wage. What they're not seeing is if their pay goes up for doing the exact same work, Their expenses are going to go up, too. And typically, the expenses go up more than their pay did. And that's bad news. And that's the inflation problem that's facing the country right now. It's really fascinating. But the Fed kind of has a disjointed belief in how to fix it.
1: Tell me what you mean by that.
0: Well, what they're talking about is the Fed is going to raise the Fed funds rate right? Let's say a quarter. And they've said they're going to raise it seven times this year. So if they raise it a quarter a time, it's going to go up that time seven, right? Over the course of the year, Mm -hmm. which will make everything more expensive. And the reason it makes everything more expensive is because the Fed fund rate is what businesses use to borrow intraday during the day to do what they need to do. Okay. So they borrow it. It's the system we have set up. They borrow the money, they do what they need to do, then the next day they pay it back. Right now, the Fed fund rate is zero. So it will be a quarter when they raise it a quarter. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That means it'll be more expensive for them to do business every day. Right. Which means the prices are gonna go up. Right. Here's why they wanna raise it quickly because they're hoping if they raise rates quickly enough. It'll stop the public from the frenzy of buying that it's doing right now, which ultimately will slow inflation. That's impractical because if I buy milk to feed my family, milk's going to be more expensive. I'm not going to stop buying milk because they raise the Fed fund rate. I'm not. So it'll be more expensive. So it's counterintuitive. I gotcha. Economics is a goofy thing, and it's all, um, well, it's what? you know, runs my day, day to day. But uh, the way people get to their answers is crazy to me.
1: So it was interesting talking to you about um, home loan interest rates. Yes. And and you can you touch on that a little bit about what I found interesting as you were saying, they are here right now. They're expected to go here in the future. Mm-hmm. People are really freaking out about that, but... When you started, they were here, and when Jimmy Carter was in office, they were here. Can you throw those numbers out? Yes. Because I think it's very, very interesting. It is perspective.
0: Well, yeah. It's all perspective, right? When I bought my first house... I bought it with an FHA loan. Mm -hmm. My interest rate was eight and a half percent.
1: I think mine was nine.
0: And I felt like I won the lottery eight months later when I got a letter in the mail from my servicer, who at the time was James B. Nutter and Associates. And James B. Nutter and Associates told me that, uh, David, good news, we can lower your interest rate to seven and a half without adding any time to your loan. Come on in today. So I called my loan officer, Linda Nefkin, who I now know for sure is retired because this was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And she was old when she did my loan. She worked at Chateau Mortgage, which no longer exists. My buddy Richard in Baton Rouge bought out that office and now runs Guild Mortgage in Baton Rouge. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's how I know she's retired anyway. So I saved a point on my interest rate. Because because the market changed, right? Little did I know that the market dropped two full points and my interest rate should have been 6.5%. So James B. Nutter profited wildly, only lowering me a point. But I wasn't in the industry then and I didn't know. I did call Linda Nethkin, by the way, talk about service, and said, Linda, this is the letter I got. Can you guys do this for me instead? She never called me back. She thought I was a goofy kid and didn't take me seriously. So I did do it with them. I didn't use my original loan officer terrible, right? Anyway, I say all that to say interest rates improved over nine months, two full points, two full points. There when was, you
1: bought your first when house. When I
0: bought my first house, okay. right? When I got into lending, it was 2002, I think. And it might've been 2004. It was either February of 2002 or February of 2004. I don't recall okay. which. So uh, interest rates were in the sixes then. It was six and a quarter to get a home loan. That's just what it was. Right. The reason when, people are freaking out. When Jimmy Carter out, was president. 17%. 17%. The reason people are freaking out now, though, is because housing is more expensive. Yeah. And interest rates are about to go up. Right. The federal government artificially lowered home mortgages by buying mortgage-backed securities. And there we go. And that's why... Interest rates are so low. So not only were they selling the mortgage-backed securities as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac because they took over both long ago, they were buying them as the U.S. government as well, which made the supply higher, the demand went up. And so interest rates went down and profitability went up and the Mm -hmm. way profitability isn't you know, cashed in, because it's the federal government, is they, Yeah, I don't know what they do. They pay off debt with it. I don't know. Now, though, they're beginning to buy less. They began to buy less. And now they're starting to sell their mortgage-backed securities. And that's changing the face of the market. So it's a twofold deal. When they raise the Fed fund rate, short-term mortgages like HELOCs Mm -hmm. and Seconds, they will immediately go up. If they raise it a quarter to a half, that will actually, even though the news media is going to say, it's more expensive to buy a house, it's actually going to cause rates to go down slightly because the market will really jump in there and buy in. So we'll see an improvement, not a worsening in rates short term. And then it'll level out again, right?
1: And it's always changing. I guess that's the thing to remember is that it's always it's always changing. It's an ever-changing, it's like a living, breathing organism that's always evolving.
0: Absolutely. You know, yeah.
1: it. Ne- the, the only guarantee is that it will not stay the same.
0: That's exactly right because trading every single day in mortgage-backed securities impacts the day's interest rate, <laughs> and it's just that simple. What impacts the rate the most is the trading done every single day.
1: So how do you keep... Um, from getting caught up in all of that Mm -hmm. and feeling like, oh no, if rates go up, my business is going to suffer. You personally.
0: Oh, because I don't do a ton of refinances. I do refinances, don't get me wrong. If you're listening and you're one of my past customers, I for sure would Mm -hmm. love to talk to you about your refinance needs. But loan officers who focus on purchase business are more successful long-term because... Often, people refinancing don't care who the loan officer is. Mm-hmm. If you've got great credit and you want a better rate, you, you can go to the lowest common denominator. You don't need a problem solver, right? People buying houses, the interest rates aren't important. What's important is being able to buy the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what most loan officers focus on. Purchase business. And they do refinances. Like I have a guy who's refinancing right now who refinanced with me a year ago, Mm -hmm. except his cash position is different than it was then. So now he wants cash out. The good news is he's a veteran and VA rates are only slightly higher than they were when he did his last loan with me a year ago. So there you go. So we're able to refinance him, pay off the debt from his changing cash position, and he'll still being a good interest rate. So right. those refinances still happen and are still necessary. If you focus on them, though, you're going to have a, a rough time in the well, years and I think, to come.
1: Uh, you know, if you focus on growth, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. These call centers that pop up when there's low interest rates and all the people do is churn and burn and call leads mm-hmm. and they they never leave the the office and they're there eight hours a day right it's like boiler room that's horrible to me one of my buddies and partners rob lindsey started in the mortgage industry doing that in mm-hmm. san diego mm-hmm. and they made great money but that's a short-term solution that's not a way to build a career And he has since changed his mindset and does not do that and focuses on purchase business and life's way better for him. Because I got to tell you, if you're riding the wave of refinances, like many lenders do, we'll see a lot of lenders go away as rates continue to go up.
1: Well, and I think, too, I, I believe wholeheartedly that the and we touched on this last week, the people that you spend time with definitely influence you yes and you influence them that's right so you've got to really consider who you're spending time with and if you if you know you you want to be with problem solvers people who have growth mindsets people with open minds because those are people who uh you know do those things they open they grow they problem solve they they don't get um, scared and freeze in times of change they pivot get creative mm-hmm. and move forward you know and you know during the pandemic i mean some of the most successful companies that i've watched are ones that have pivoted quickly yes. they pivoted in the beginning did it quickly And have been really successful.
0: I've always said, if you're in a growth mode in your life and your business, the trends don't matter. Because you're doing something new. If you're in a growth mode in your business, the trends in the industry do not matter. No matter
1: what the industry.
0: Absolutely. And it's because you weren't part of it. So the trends have nothing to do with you. Right. You're starting from z- ground zero. And ground zero today may look a lot different than ground zero did 20 years ago. Right? You know, if I were starting all over again, the world's very different than it was then. Mm-hmm. So luckily, instead of getting old and slowing down, I've been able to grow with the the, the world, mm-hmm. right? If you're in a growth mentality, the trends do not affect your business or your life. Just go do the right thing, do what you say you're going to do. Put your head down and go to work and you'll be okay.
1: And I think that's why um, certain personality types, somebody who's very detail-oriented, very motivated by numbers and charts and graphs and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, that p- particular personality, this kind of thing is really difficult for them because they can get their face buried in the statistics right? and and the trend. And it's hard to, to pull back the lens and, and look outside of the trend and the numbers and the stats and the charts and the, so.
0: Absolutely. And if you only care about the statistics and the trends, you should go be an actuary for an insurance company and not be a salesperson.
1: Well, I think, okay, and, and along with that, you do need to track your numbers and be aware of the trends, but tracking your numbers and being aware of the trends is very different than being stuck in all of that and and not knowing a way out.
0: I think the very, reason, very different. yes, and I think the reason you need to track your numbers is so you know where you get your business. Absolutely. So you can focus on strengths instead of weaknesses.
1: Absolutely, and we've discussed that in in another podcast. And if you don't know where your money's coming from, you don't know where to put your time and effort.
0: That's exactly right. And a lot of people when they get into business. And it doesn't matter what the business is. A lot of Absolutely, people yeah. think they need to buy a bunch of leads and call a bunch of leads to be successful. Right. And I promise, if you tap into your own sphere, regardless of the business, and talk to the people who you know and love and who know and love you about what you do, there's business there for you.
1: But David, it sounds like you want me to try to sell to my friends and family.
0: That's interesting that you say that. No, 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 no. I just need to know who you know that's interested in making a change, and I want to help them. I don't need to do business with them. I don't need to sell them something, but I need to talk to them. So who's who's making a change? Yeah. That works in every industry. It really if does. If you sell cars and you just got a job at McCurley Integrity Dealership every day at the Autoplex... Uh, or service Chevrolet in Louisiana, or any one of these places, if you just got a job selling cars, if you don't have a personal conversation with every single person who you know that knows and loves you, and you don't ask them for help so you can hit the ground running, you're going to sell less cars.
1: Right, so what you're saying is don't ask them directly for their business. Ask them who they know.
0: So here's the script and it works. Hey, Uncle Joe, I need your help. What do you mean, Jimmy? Well, I just got this new job at this car dealership and I've really got to hit the ground running because I've got no safety net. It's straight commission. I need to get in front of anybody, you know, with a car problem. I don't care what it is. If their windshield wipers aren't working right, I need to talk to them. I guarantee when you say that, you're going to get the names and numbers of people who are associated with you farther out who have a car problem.
1: And if they can't think of anyone, teach them how to listen for conversations.
0: I guarantee once you have that conversation with someone that knows and loves you and you ask them for help. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to start listening. You don't even have to teach them
1: well, no, you do uh, but I
0: and they're going to say I'm my saying, my cousin Jimmy, my nephew Jimmy, is selling cars at service Chevrolet. You need to go see Jimmy,
1: yeah, and it's okay and smart to say to them, do me a favor as you're if they can't think of anyone, do sure. me a favor as you're talking to people over the next few weeks if you hear conversations like
0: absolutely. And that goes back to fill the reticular in the blank, activating fill in the blank. system that we talked about.
1: Then please give them my name and number. Give me their name and number. Right.
0: And that's more powerful. Way more. Get me in touch with them today.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Very powerful. Yep. And every person who knows and loves you has a vested interest mm-hmm. in helping you be successful. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling me the other day about a person you were coaching who said to you, but Londa, I don't want to be a creepy used car salesman kind of salesperson. Mm -hmm. What was your response to that? Then don't be. There you go. It's that simple. If you don't want to be a creepy, skeezy salesperson, then
1: don't be. be. And the the truth is, if that thought is even on your radar,
0: you're probably probably
1: not. not going to be because you are aware of that right and and we we buy the or we we sell the way we buy and we buy the way we sell
0: that's exactly right
1: right so for me I don't like to sell people my services or my goods that I feel like they can get for free someplace else
0: that's interesting say that a different way so I understand what you're saying
1: well if If somebody, okay, for instance, I had someone recently Mm -hmm. that I talked with Mm -hmm. who wanted to hire me for coaching. Okay. And I said to them, uh, they're with a new company. I said, does your company have any internal coaching programs or internal training that you haven't used yet? Well, yeah, they do. Okay. Here's what I want you to do for the next 30 days. Go do that. Then come back to me.
0: That's coaching, though, right there. What you did, though, was you coached them to use the resources a- already right. available to them. Because I'm cheap. Right.
1: I'm I'm a cheap person. I'm very frugal. So if I'm working with somebody, if I have sold you coaching services or a training or a keynote or a whatever, I really believe to my core, you need it. Right. Because I sell the way that I buy right if I don't need it I don't want it if I can get it for free someplace else or in this case the person's already paying for it right. in their you know
0: in their commission income that they're splitting with the company right right sure and so
1: you use everything you already have first and once you've done that if you're still stuck come see me you know I what like I mean?
0: that absolutely I think that's I think that's True and good. And that's why people call Sherwood Austin (laughs) Growth Consultants at 509-491-2663. That number again is 509-491-2663. If your business needs a boost, you owe it to yourself to call Londa at Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. You know what? You can text her. 509-491-2663 is the number to get that all done.
1: When do we do the question?
0: Well, we're about 30 minutes into the show. So do you think now would be an appropriate time to do the question? Yeah,
1: let's do it. I love
0: how you were like, we don't have anything to talk about at the beginning of the show. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. In fact, stuff that may have had people tune out because it's a little booky, you know?
1: Yeah. But that's okay.
0: I don't love doing that, but it's okay.
1: Well, yeah, it's not necessarily fun. But I think answering the question, why are my groceries so expensive right now
0: and there are a lot of reasons it's a great question you you know before we answer this question i i want to address a story that the media is not covering aggressively in america but they're covering it everywhere else okay bbc is covering the story uh you can hear about it on reuters the story is being covered everywhere except ABC, NBC, CBS. Fox did touch on it the other day, but it was not nearly as aggressively as you would have liked. And that is the trucker protests going on in Canada. Talk about that a little bit. I know you're very passionate about it.
1: No, what I'm passionate about is... Not necessarily that particular incident, although I think it's always good to mobilize together when you feel passionately about something. Sure, and that's exactly what the truckers in Canada are doing. What I'm irritated by and more passionate about is the coverage of it and how media coverage is so picky choosy. Sure. You know? Well,
0: and I can tell you right now, the media, the mainstream media does not want to take its eye off the ball of this COVID conversation. They don't. They want to make it clear that you need to get vaccinated immediately. Well, that trucker that story
1: strike... story is going to take their eye off that ball.
0: The trucker strike is solely over the fact that they're trying to mandate that truckers in Canada who are alone in their cabs <laughs> get vaccinated and most of the people involved in the protest think it's absolute hogwash i can drive in my car without a mask on why are you trying to impose these things on me for driving my truck and and you know and i don't disagree but and
1: i don't feel like i know enough about it to really have an a strong opinion or discuss it i just know that um when that many people are involved in a movement, right. it deserves coverage.
0: Okay, that's interesting, and I guarantee in Canada it's getting tons of coverage.
1: Well, I don't know; I don't live there,
0: and I would be uh, I, I would be shocked if border towns. Where those truckers cross the border to come into America to deliver goods and services if they're not covering the story. Here's when the story will be a national news story in America. When I can't get my coffee maker from Best Buy because the truckers didn't bring it from Canada because they're protesting. That's when it will be an American story. Maybe. And who knows? Maybe it's happening and we're getting around it already.
1: I don't know. It's Uh, crazy,
0: right? Okay, what's the question of the week? I'm excited about this.
1: Okay, this is a very basic question. And when I got it from actually two different clients in in the last two weeks, Mm -hmm. I was surprised until I remembered, oh yeah, I didn't know either until someone taught me.
0: And remember, I have not seen these questions. So I hope they're not personal and directed at me. Okay, go. (laughs) Uh,
1: What is the difference between gross profit and net profit, and how do I figure them out?
0: Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Well, here's the way I consider gross profit and net profit, right? Mm -hmm. The money you make, gross profit. The money money you you put in your pocket at the end of, correct. The money you put in your pocket at the end of the day, Net profit. So your expenses, the costs of doing business, your taxes, your payroll taxes, all the things that you have to pay, Social Security, everything that you have to pay out of the money you charge a client right? is the gross profit. The net profit is what's left at the end. Right. Does that make sense? The net
1: profit is what you take home to pay your bills.
0: That's exactly right. So gross profit's what comes in. Net profit is what you take out.
1: Mm hmm. Yep, yep. I think
0: that's an easy the easiest way. Yeah, to, so you to take
1: whatever it. whatever money you take into your business. Mm-hmm. Minus whatever it costs you to do that business. That's right. First number is your gross profit. The last number is your net profit.
0: That's exactly right. And all your expenses in between are, you know, A lot of people, this is actually really good as a lender to discuss, a lot of people bring me their tax returns, and it shows that their gross receipts were $300,000, and they're all excited. They say, yeah, I make $300,000 a year, and then when you get to the very bottom of their schedule, it shows that they paid $110,000 for you know the supplies and the goods then they paid $80,000 for marketing and then right, they had right. business dinners and all that stuff right. they may depreciate some stuff so they get a little money back but at the bottom if the bottom says $40,000 not 300 right you made $40,000 now you may pay salaries to um, people in the company. And if you W-2 yourself, then that money counts too. But the profitability, the net profit, the bottom line right. number is typically what we use to right. consider your income.
1: And and for the kids who just got their first paycheck, yes. the difference between what you expected it to be based on your hourly pay mm-hmm. and what it actually was, that's the difference between gross and net.
0: <laughs> yes, and I gotta tell you, most young kids, and I know Caitlin and Benjamin had that realization. On, I think we on all did, didn't we? Up. Unless
1: you were raised in a financially intelligent home. right? I think we all had that moment.
0: Well, let me tell you something. If you start work and you're not liberal, you have no heart. But once you cut a check for taxes at the end of the year, you get conservative pretty quick. (laughs) You you know what I mean? Mark Twain, I think, (laughs) said uh, if you go to college and you're not a liberal, you have no heart. And if you leave college and you're not a conservative, you have no brain. Winston Churchill's credited with saying something similar. All kinds of people have been given that quote. Right. But the moral of the story is the second you have to cut a check to the federal government, you're ready to lead a protest. (laughs) You know, walking down the street waving flags. You're going to Canada with the truckers and you've got your flag.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think this was a really informative show today. You think so? I do. I think, you know.
0: Did you like the way it started or do you think it started a little shaky? What do you mean? Well, we did we you said we have not prepared a show. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just I forgot that we actually had talked about it. Listen, I'm good at other things.
0: <laughs> I love that. Hey, you know what? We enjoy talking to you and getting your questions each and every week. So continue to send us through Facebook primarily
1: well they well no they can text them to me but, yep, you, can you can direct message me on instagram you can private message me on facebook you can shoot me a tiktok i mean
0: do all the things yep. but we are happy to discuss any questions you guys have my name is david austin and sitting across from me as always my beautiful bride londa joanne sherwood austin looking hot today and this <sighs> has been The Session with Lon and David. We can't wait to talk to you next week.